Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Civil Ridge Ranch in the North Woods of Wisconsin. And it's almost spring here, which means really nothing different from winter, Dave, in yeah. the North Woods. That just means more snow most of the time. I am convinced that we go from winter to summer and there is no spring season in the North Woods. That's right. I, I agree. Well, actually, there is. I think it fell on a Saturday last year. Yeah, it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. And and you know what? I mean, we call it mud season. We call it all kinds oh, of things. Oh, man. But it isn't. It, you know, most places spring, you look at it and you go, oh, it's so wonderful. You might even use the word, even though I'm manly, I might use the word darling. Darling. Just absolutely darling the spring. <laughs> I've never heard that. Yeah, well, me neither. Well, but, I feel like we're right on the, the edge, you know, because, like, we're in the woods. If you've been to Silver Tranch on our campus before, like, we're just nestled in, in – a beautiful part of creation. But it's funny because right before you get to us, about five miles down the road, there's a bunch of, you know, farm fields. Right. And oftentimes you go by the farm fields. It's like, oh, they got spring here. There's no snow. Yeah. And then you turn down our road. And it's like, whoa, I'm going into Narnia. Yeah. Before Aslan came back or something with all the snow. Now, there's a positive to this, though. <clears throat> What's the positive? Do, when, do tell. When our spring does come, yeah. everyone else is in summer. So we get spring flowers late and get to enjoy them longer. There you go. We do get the trilliums. Yeah, we do. And all of a sudden, they are there. They are just there Oosh. by the thousands. So, That's anyway. right. Anyway. But anyways, and no I'm talking about snow. This is, this is the atmosphere we've got. Sometimes March, which we're in, in this uh, doing this broadcast as far as uh, taping it, is uh, our snowiest month. It just melts so quick that sometimes yeah. it's really hard to deal and with. And maybe I need to stop fulfilling the stereotype of living in the North Woods and start off this program without talking about the weather. Let's, yeah, let's not talk about <laughs> Let's, all of you listening so far, we said nothing about that. What I do want to talk about, though, is I, I read a study online about gifted children. Okay. And it, they basically did a study that they followed what they classified as gifted kids for 45 years. 45. 45 okay. years. And they tell us what they've learned. So I think we should talk about that because there's parents that listen to this broadcast and there's, uh, you know, they have young children. You have three young boys in I your do. house. Yep. And talking about, were you ever, when you were in high school, was there a gifted program? Um, they were starting to move away from that terminology. But, no. What, but, what terminology were they using? Well, that was because they, they wanted to, to feed the other beast of AP courses. Oh, of course. So it was no longer gifted. They just said, oh, you should take an AP course. Did you ever take one? Oh, yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, You're in that joke. category? Well, it was a joke. By the way, I never took one. Yeah, well, you <laughs> just didn't. Just for the record. For the record, you didn't miss anything. No. <laughs> No, I was not in that group. Pardon I, I my was, opinion. I was the football, hockey player, uh, athlete that was not in the AP or gifted group. So if they followed me for 45 years, hmm, <laughs> they would have found that I, I was probably more interested in other things. You were school. gifted to the education system. Yeah. There you go. Well, here's my thought. Even at the start of the program, though, uh, you know that we've talked about how young people develop here. And, and we have high school kids that come in and work and volunteer. And I would encourage you, if you're a parent listening, look at silverbertrance.org. If you've got a young person sitting around the house this summer, they're a believer, uh, they need to learn to work and give, send them to Silverbertrance and, and have them volunteer for a week or two. And uh, what we find is that every single person really is gifted in something. Hmm. Uh, God didn't make any mistakes. There, there were, he didn't create one person it wasn't gifted. So that term, it was probably good they threw it out and started to go with AP, even though, what does AP even mean? Advanced placement. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's good. 
And I should have known that because I was a teacher. But so what does advanced placement mean? It means gifted. <clears throat> okay. And <laughs> it's just a circular Dave, logic. <laughs> it, it took us 15 seconds to figure that out, I not know. 45 years. Yeah. Sorry. I know. <laughs> well, the, the interesting thing is when you look at the Bible, and the Bible talks about everybody's, uh, you know, if you're a believer, you're part of the body of Christ. Yeah. So every single body part is distinctly made made so that it's used in a, in, a, in a wonderful way all together, and you wouldn't want it to be a different part. Mm-hmm. So every single body part is gifted, and every child that's ever been born is gifted. Yeah. Now, for us, to, to as a teacher, the great challenge I've always had is finding that giftedness. Mm-hmm. So I remember uh, kids would be in my class, and they'd be off the wall, you know, and parents would come in and say, sorry, they're ADHD. And, and I would always look at them and say, no, they're gifted. Yeah. And they would look at me because that's not how it was being used back then. And they would look at me and go, what in the world are you talking about? Mm-hmm. My kid needs handcuffs. You know, I mean, the way they're bouncing around this room. I said, no, you know, we just haven't figured out how to tap into it yet. Mm. And uh, I, I found that a lot of those kids were just bored. So if you could right. figure out a way to challenge them, their giftedness is not in the area of sitting and staring at you and listening. Right. I, w- I might tell you that my giftedness is not just sitting across the table from someone and staring at them and having them talk or me talk (laughs) that's not my giftedness either (laughs) you know or sitting in a lecture hall and hearing a teacher just go on and on and on in a monotone voice that that isn't my giftedness well yeah and and you look at that context it's like man there's probably very few that would love to sit in an auditorium hearing a lecture yeah but here's where everyone's different i'm i'm in a i'm in i'm in a class i can remember and I'm looking around, and people are taking notes. Mm. And I'm wondering, what are you writing down? <laughs> 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 so that's how ungifted I was. I mean, I, I'm sitting there thinking. So you're looking at your neighbor and be like. Uh, what, what in the world did you get that I'm supposed to be Thinking getting? you're supposed to write down something. Maybe I'll copy them and say, well, what'd you write down that for? Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm thinking about this person and what they're writing down, and I have no idea what the teacher's saying anymore because I'm looking at. You know, I'm not copying their notes. I just can't figure out what in the world they're writing down. Yep. Now, that being said, I, I've never felt uh, diminished or limited because I wasn't in the stereotypic student kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, more creative mind, more going out. You, you know, I like thinking while I do something. Okay. So yeah. I, I'll actually go out and cross-country ski in the winter and think and pray and, and, and develop messages. Yeah. Sitting, I don't do as well. I'll do better if I'm doing some kind of labor and then I'm thinking I even cutting the grass you know I'm I'm doing something but I'm thinking while I'm doing it and I seem to do better then yeah and and so I think we're all gifted in different ways um let, let's read some of this study though okay number one thing they learned after 45 years of chasing these kids around to try and figure out this gifted thing I'll read number one okay some of what we used to think about gifted kids turned out to be wrong. That was the number. <laughs> that's, that's profound. <laughs> that's 45 years of study, and they found that some things were wrong. Let me read it. It says, ever heard the saying, early to ripe, early to rot? And that's a really good st- statement to make. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that. but Early to ripe, early to rot. It basically means doing too much to foster a kid's special talents and abilities at too young of an age could actually cause harm in the long term. That's not even remotely true, at least not according to Lubinsky, who must be a part of the study. That might be an outdated example, but Lubinsky says there are plenty of other misconceptions still alive today, like the idea that gifted kids are so smart 
that they'll find a way to excel even if those smarts aren't nurtured and developed. Not so fast. They're kids, he explains. They need guidance. We all need guidance. So first point is, you know, we thought these kids would just excel and do great without any help, and they don't. They need to be um, helped and guided. and, and that, Well, of course they do. That doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't surprise any parent around that was going to pick up a pen and take a note. They probably put their pen back down because they're trying to figure <laughs> out, what do I need to write I'm down? I'm adopting the, <laughs> da- the Dave mentality here. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say this, though. What I've learned through the years, and I don't have any 45-year study to back it up, I think starting to push children at too early of an age to be excessively involved in anything mm-hmm. destroys them later. Mm, I could see that. Yeah, not like sports. I mean, if you if you decide my child is going to be great at baseball, and so from the time they're very little, that's all you do. You talk about baseball, everything. You talk about them making, you know, going to college, playing baseball, being a professional baseball player. By the time somewhere along the line, there it loses the fun, mm-hmm. and it becomes a chore that they have to do. Yeah, I, and I'm not sure when it is, but I would be careful if I were a parent of a younger boy or girl. I, I would be careful. At, as far as pushing too much, I'm not sure I'm a big fan. We're going to get in trouble for this, but I'm not sure I'm a big fan of those traveling teams. Okay, yeah. You know, where people, where, where young people are going and they're constantly being immersed in something at a young age. Yeah. I really think children should be having a varied amount of experiences. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, they can excel in certain ones. I mean, they might, your kids like fishing? Yeah. Is that all they do in the summer? No. No. Nothing wrong with fishing, but if they like fishing, and all of a sudden you're saying, "Well, we got to buy a bass boat, and we we have to put this kid in a tournament when he's 16 years old and win a bass tournament." It's like, you know, wait a minute, let the kid go and enjoy getting bluegills. You know, what I mean, <laughs> yeah. what, what, I'm just laughing at all the dads out there listening. Like, there goes my excuse to get a bass boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I am sorry for all you dads that just I took I took it off the screen for you there so never mind. All the moms now are taking notes. Yes. No need to buy bass boat. And the dads are looking going, "What are you taking a note for? There's nothing <laughs> said there." <laughs> oh, we're in trouble. Um but I I mean honestly, when you look right. at that, you start looking at going there what I found if if somebody's gifted, they naturally start to go there. Yeah. You don't need to create it for them. Mm-hmm. They naturally go. Um, I got cut from a no-cut baseball team, never felt the desire to play baseball, never. So, you know, the only time I really played was here at camp when we played softball. Right. That's the only time. And I like softball because you couldn't beat me with the ball. I think that's what I didn't like about baseball, these kids throwing a ball at my head all the time. Mm. And in, in Little League, when you're young, you get beaned a lot. The accuracy <laughs> isn't quite consistent. Yeah, so it's like, why am I playing this game? This guy, I stand up with a bat and he throws the ball at me. literally at me that's right and i'm supposed to enjoy this game i don't think so stay away from cricket dave yeah i think i will (laughs) Uh, but you know i would play softball i would do things to be with people but i wouldn't do things you know to uh, to an excessive point there i didn't need to be the world's best softball player baseball player you know even even football in college is like okay that's enough Mm mm-hmm you know, I mean, it's enough. If you're not going to be a professional player, which most people aren't, right? there's a point where you've accomplished what you needed to, mm-hmm. and you can go on. So I think it's important to realize if you start pushing children at a too early of an age in, in things, um, they're probably going to sour on those things. Yeah. 
Um, that's why I tell parents, you know, the best thing you can do in life is, is create lifestyles. You want your child to love God, then you love God. And you do it in a way where they can see it. Mm -hmm. You want your child to grow up and love their spouse. You know, if you're a, a man, obviously your wife or wife, a man. You want them to do that? Well, then love your spouse. Yeah. And do that and let them see example. You want, you have three sons. You want them to respect women? Then you need to respect women. Yeah. In your home, your, your wife, any women that you see, they need to see how you respect them. Mm -hmm. And they, they will imitate you. Absolutely. And, and in the process, you're going to find their giftedness, I think. I mean, I still love teaching anything. I mean, I, I really enjoy teaching. And I think it was at some point, and I can't remember when, when my dad came up to me and said, you know, I think you could teach. Mm -hmm. Okay, what was he doing? Well, I was at camp doing everything. I was taking care of the horses. I was a lifeguard. I was doing dishes. I was, I was doing everything. But it ended up being, I think you could teach. And all that other stuff, I could still do. Right. But it wasn't my giftedness. Mm -hmm. And I still do a lot of that other stuff still. I mean, I don't lifeguard anymore. Yeah. But uh, some of the others, so. Well, and I think it's it's good to set up our, our kids in a way that they can experience so much stuff. You know, like you said, why, you know, at, at age whatever, 12, you know, if their thing is going from season to season, playing this and playing that, like, like that's great. But there's so much more out there than, than, than that, you know, and one of the things that even my wife and I have talked about is even coaching our sons on downtime. Right. You know, um, because I feel like we're quickly become a culture where we always have to be engaged in something, yep. you know, and I think that, that oftentimes that ends up defaulting to screen time Yep. or has become screen time. And so we're trying to be intentionally, even to intentionally plan downtime where it's like, we don't have anything planned. We're not going to turn on our screens. Let's figure out something to do, you know, and sometimes we figure it out for them. And sometimes we, we help them try to process like, all right, what do you, what can you do? Yeah. Because I think that's important. I think it is. Otherwise, think... young people get into this mentality that they always have to be doing something. And that's not healthy either. Right. Because that's not, that's not a reality. Right. Um, and, I think, and I think that plays into a lot. Of, I mean, that, that I think even plays into marriages sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at the rate of divorce after kids grow up. You know, you have these couples that base everything around their travel teams for their kids and all that. And all of a sudden, they're in college, they're done. It's like. Well, we, we don't even share life together anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I think there's, it's not even just in kids. I think it's in our own lives that we need to model some of these concepts where you can't just put all your eggs in one basket. Sure, you have your passion and your giftedness, but then you still have to have the diversity to to relate and do life with other people. Yep. We used to, with our daughters, we used to have a specific amount of time every day where they had to be in their room. Yeah. No TV, no radio. They had to either read or they had to figure out something else to do. Yeah. And it really was good for them in that sense. I mean, it, it, and we also, I, I think when when you give them, my dad used to do it with my brother and I, and I only have one brother. He would just tell us, you know, here's as much media back then as you can, will allow you to have. Right. The rest of the time you go out and play. Mm -hmm. And I can remember asking him, what, what, play what? You figure it out. You go with your friends, and I want you to figure it out. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, yes, I was a typical boy. There were sometimes we did things we shouldn't have. Yes. But that's part of the learning process. Yeah, absolutely. And so you can't say, "Now I'm afraid they might do something silly." 
No, I can promise you they'll do something silly. I mean, that that isn't because the learning process is such where they have to learn what's appropriate, what isn't. Mm -hmm. But even here at camp in the early years, which some of the younger people get tired of you talking about because we didn't have anything. We didn't have radios. We didn't listen to radios. We didn't have television. So when we had any free time at all, we did things. Mm -hmm. I mean, we really did. There are so many things that, that I did that no one will do today because I won't let them. But. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but they were things that, that you know and some things that that were kind of fun i mean you learn all of a sudden you go out and go hey we've never skin dive let's go buy snorkels and masks and go learn it yeah i mean that's fun go, go do stuff that's creative we some guys went out and they got certified in scuba diving we did that here one summer mm-hmm. where we just were down there uh on the bottom of the lake looking at looking at everything well you come up with things when you don't have television, mm-hmm. phones, and that kind of thing. So I, I encourage all parents to listen to what uh, Jason just said on that, and and spend time having your kids get creative on what they can do. You can have you can have the kids, you know, choose different nights of the week or something, and say it's your night. You have more than one son, so you have three. It's your night every Wednesday to come up with. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah, you know, for an hour and a half in the evening. Well, now they got to think and plan, and you know they'll never be sorry that they can be creative mm-hmm. and come up with something to do. Right. And so, something that has to be taught. So, if you're uh, in your child's life too much, giving them ideas of what they have to do all the time. Now, do your kids have a lot of homework? Uh not yet. Because I'm one of those bad teachers who never gave homework. I think that's great. Never. So I would. Um, I don't know how to coach people that are listening on that one. Because I think kids need time to be kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, could be a discussion you have with your teacher, how much homework, or, you know, whatever. You know, again, some kids, here, here's what happened with me, though. I never gave homework. I gave them time in class to do everything. Mm-hmm. But kids had homework because they didn't do it in class. Sure. So if they had homework, it wasn't because they needed to do it at home. It's because they didn't get it done. Yeah, because they didn't get it done. Right. And I let that consequence just fall where it fell. So I had parents come in and say, I thought you didn't believe in homework. I said, I don't. Then how come my kid has it? Well, because he won't do it in class. Mm-hmm. I mean, I gave him the chance. Right. Here, here's the time period. And he throwing spitballs at his buddy. You know what I mean? Right. And sometimes as a teacher, I let the consequences fly. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that's just the way life is. So um, I think that we, we need to look at kids, all of them, through the lens of every single child that is created by God. He crafted them while in their mother's womb, and they are gifted in some area, and we just need to be watching and see where it comes out eventually and give them so much broad-based experience that we see where it comes out mm-hmm. you know, someday. Yeah. And uh, hopefully that's, that's point one. Yeah. The second point they have is they say intelligence is not the same as passion. So after 45 years, they, they said there's a difference between intelligence and passion. Before I even read what they say here, you know, I've often, do you ever watch the program Jeopardy? I have in the past, yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering why anyone would want to know all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And why Uh, do they have to answer in the form of a question? I don't know. But, (laughs) by the way, with that that being said, that is one of the programs my wife and I watch. So it's not that I don't watch it. It's not that I'm not entertained by it. It's just I'm often asking who taught you that, and why do you need to know it? And, am I, I, and I think, am I the only person in the world asking that question? Maybe. Because uh, I don't have a photographic memory, so 
you know, you're gonna if you ask something, I'm gonna say I don't know. Half but the obviously, time. you're intrigued by the facts if you keep watching it. Well, I am because I. The trouble is, I like watching it, hearing the facts, but then I forget them. <laughs> <laughs> so I could go to the same program over and oh, over again. Oh, that's great! Love it. Yeah. Well, intelligence isn't the same as passion, and I think I have a whole lot more passion than I do intelligence. So I mean, that, that's <laughs> that 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 I, I'm with. Dave this. said it, not I. Yeah. It says, quick, what's the smartest career you can think of? Doctor, scientist. While you do have, this is their writing. While you do have to be a pretty brilliant to work in medicine or science, those are far from the only career path gifted kids choose for later in life. Quantitatively, gifted people vary widely in their passions. Many of the students in the study did end up pursuing medicine, but others went into fields like economics or engineering. Others still were more gifted in areas like logical or verbal reasoning, making them excellent lawyers or writers. There are all kinds of ways to express intellect talent. When it comes to doing what is best for a gifted student, it's just important for parents and educators to know what the student is passionate about rather than pigeonholing them into traditionally smart fields and registering them in a bunch of STEM courses. Well, I, I, So in I, other words... <laughs> Yes. Summarize, please. If you're smart, you don't have to be a doctor. No, you don't. You could do anything you want. You can. Took him 45 years to figure that out. Yeah. You know what? You know, it's really disturbing to me in some ways. I I have young ladies that will come to me from college, and I'm, again, I'm a grandpa age to them. Uh, But, you know, you ask them what they want to do, and they're sheepish. And when they're they're a little bit sheepish, it's like, I say, you want to be just a mom? I I shouldn't say just, but you want to be a mom? Yes. And I feel badly about that. Hmm. And I look at him and go, please don't feel badly about that. Right. You know, don't do not do that. It, yeah, but, you know, here I am groomed all my life that that's not how you get fulfilled in life. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm so thankful for my mom. Yeah. I grew up with a mom that cared, and she was home when we were home, and uh, that was important. Mm-hmm. So... You know, can can somebody who's totally intellectually off the charts, gifted, can they be a mom? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we need to get that across to people, that your intellect can be used in all kinds of ways. Right. I am certainly hoping that moms will actually um, use their intellect to help train their children to be the way that they should be. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when you look at it, it's like giftedness. You can be a mom. You can be, uh, you know, you should be using your giftedness in being a dad, you use it on the job. There are people who are welders, yeah. who, are, who I think are geniuses in how they put things together. Absolutely. So what, they have to be gifted. So I think the uh, the whole idea in school is, okay, school says person is gifted or AP'd or whatever they are. I have yeah. no idea what, what they call them today. Um, it is fine. I think pushing children is fine. But you would have had a hard time pushing me when I was younger, and yet I never felt um, the importance of some of those things. For example, we used to come in in fifth grade, and our teachers would make us do what they called math puzzles. Okay. And I I did the same thing when I taught fifth grade. I made my children do something that I found miserable when I was <laughs> in fifth grade. Uh, it was useful, though. It was basically a multiplication on one side and addition on the other or something, and you just have to go fill in the puzzle, and you're just really doing – you're just doing math facts. Okay. But the trouble is that that the um, teacher always had people line up front, whoever got it done first and last. Yep. 
You know, well, I was always towards the last third. You know, again, the idea, I was never considered gifted in academics. So mm-hmm. I was always in that last third. And I thought, you know, I, I, I after a while, I remember talking to my dad and others. Like, I'm, I was just born dumb. I was just born dumb. I can't get this understanding, this mm-hmm. math stuff, you know. And this was simple math. This was just multiplication. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it wasn't that I was. I, I just wasn't quick. Mm-hmm. You know, I would look at it and I would think about it. I'd want to think about the the answer. Right. Where these other people are just whipping it off. I'm going, how can you just do it that fast? Yeah. Um, and then I found out it's every area in life. Uh, you Did you ever go downhill skiing? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I go downhill skiing. I've gone with my wife for many years and our kids. And I watch my wife and my one older daughter ski. And they ski perfectly down the hill so fast that I look at them and go, what is wrong with you? You, <laughs> you are, you're like Susie Chapstick going down the hill. And, but I can't figure out how you do it that fast. Right. So I go down and I don't look overly slouchy, but I don't, you know, I'm not them. Yeah. And and my wife would keep telling me, you ski fine. You look good when you ski. Yeah, but you guys are going down with this effortless path. You look great. And I feel like I'm grunting on every turn. <laughs> well, you know what? We're built differently. Yeah. Um, are they gifted at that? No, they've actually worked pretty hard to get to where they are. They 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 really worked on form, and while they were working on form, I was trying to figure out how to do jumps. That's fair. And, and so again, the adventure in me is the gifted part, not let's do it perfectly right. Right. And in the process, they got it perfectly right, and I'm I'm flying over molehills trying to figure out how to <laughs> how to jump. So giftedness is different. Oh yeah. And uh, we have to understand that. Uh, Intelligence isn't the same as passion. Uh, when I went and played uh, college football, I only played one year of high school football. I got recruited, and the coaches then, and I know I've told this story before, but it fits here. Uh, the coaches recruited me pretty heavily from college, I mean from high school. And at the end of my college career, I never played my senior year because I got hurt. And I remember I was just friends with the coaches at that point. Yeah. And I would go in and talk to them. One day I asked them, I said, why did you recruit me? Because... I know that I didn't know what you were you wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. I know that I know how much now I didn't know. Yeah. And and when I started, I really didn't know much. I got to where I was all state, and then then I got hurt, and I never played again. But the, I remember the coach, the head coach that recruited me, just without hesitating, looked at me and said, "Because you were all over the field, and we can't teach that." Mm-hmm. So I said, "So my giftedness." was that I just wanted to play, and I was all over. He goes, exactly. He said, I would, I would trade all the talented people in the world for that gift. Yeah. Because in football, that passion, that giftedness is what we're looking for. It isn't that you do every block right. It's mm-hmm. that when you do the block wrong, you get upset, and you get up next time, and you bury that guy. Right. You know what I mean? That's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I missed it. You know, I just thought it was something else. Yeah. That it was all the talent and ability. So we'll continue. There's two more points that uh, we have to go through here. Yeah, I think it's a great discussion we're having, and hopefully it, it, it's causing you to think 
Um, and we'll have to continue this on the next episode. But for now, if you missed part of it or you want to re-listen to anything that we've had, I encourage you to head over to silbertranch.org and uh, check out all the podcasts, including this one that we have. And you can uh, likewise subscribe to a podcasting site that you use, and you you can download the latest younger and older um, while you're listening. But for now, this is Jason and Dave. That's all the time we have for today. Take care, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.